Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on areas such as marketing, sales, innovation, or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players. Where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entries or knowing how to navigate the uncertainty of disruptive developments, mind feeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I'm also working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation, and marketing. And we will be talking in the future much more about the important trends that are affecting the way we manage our companies in the demand to being sustainable, more environmentally and socially friendly, and becoming more empathic leaders. So let's get started on today's topic. Welcome to today's episode, where we're going to talk about ESG in marketing. So you might be a little bit astonished why we are talking about a topic that isn't apparently in the screen of many people who are doing marketing, offline, online marketing. The key thing is ESG is going to change the way we are doing business. And it doesn't matter if you are an automotive manufacturer, whether you produce consumer products, computers, any kind of entertainment equipment, energy stations, anything. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do in business, ESG is going to be here and it's going to affect your business in a variety of ways. But before we go any deeper into the topic of marketing, let me explain just a few little things because there's obviously in social media a huge misconception of what ESG actually will do. I've been looking at Twitter and other places and there's stuff being posted where you think, wow, these people haven't read anything detailed about ESG. They haven't got a clue what ESG is. Just somebody tells some fake story and you have a hundred people who just repeat it, distort it, and in the end, you think, huh? That's nothing to do with ESG, what they're talking about. It's actually surveillance that's more got to do with NSA than ESG. So obviously, they're getting the letters mistaken and haven't got a clue what they're talking about. But nevertheless, if you are in business, whether as a consultant, a business leader, supplier, manufacturer or even someone who is trying to buy products or services from another company or trying to supply services and products 
to a consumer market. ESG is something that is to stay here and it's going to affect us all. But if you're smart, you take precautions. But the thing is, it's not about just creating a huge lot of paperwork and all these other kind of stuff that we usually know from topics like compliance and all these things. You can overcomplicate everything you want. But the downside is, if you do it the wrong way, you are going to lose a lot of money because you're just going to be busy generating garbage. It's not going to change anything in your business. It's not even going to help your ESG footprint to improve. And just wait for the time when you need some money from the bank. You are in deep trouble because your ESG rating is really then very low because the banks will notice you obviously have no clue what ESG is and you are even doing the opposite. You're making things even worse. So your ESG rating will drop. And if any one of you maybe goes sometimes to look at um, rating websites, even if you're checking out a company who wants to buy something from you and they want to have a certain kind of, let's say, payment term, then of course you might be careful and want to inform yourself about who this buyer is. Now, if you go to certain sites, you will see an ESG rating of the company and some sites show as well an ESG industry rating. What's the difference? Well, the first one is the one that affects this particular company. That's how good they are obviously doing their ESG activities. And the second one is their industry. So as example, Let's say, let's take the automotive industry. So you've got so many car manufacturers around the world and they are producing cars. Some have combustion engines and some have electric engines. Some have hybrids. Now compare them, these traditional manufacturers, with a company like Tesla. So Tesla doesn't manufacture any combustion engine vehicles. So what does it mean? Of course, their ESG rating will be far lower than of any competitor that's traditionally making combustion engines. And there's, of course, a certain advantage in these things. It's like with the CO2 uh, trades and all these other kind of things. But that's as a simple, simple example. So when you understand the key cores of why we should do ESG, you realize it's actually for the good of us all. So what's the overall goal? Simplified in a way that any human being in this world will understand. The objective is to protect our environment, to make society better. But I don't mean by controlling and overseeing and surveilling and blah, 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 but actually by making life for us all whatever gender we are, whatever religion, whatever race, color, whatever we are, whatever we believe sexually or in anything kind of way, it is about having the freedom to do what you decide as long as you do not hurt anybody else. That's actually the ideal way how a society should be working. And ESG stands for environmental, social, and corporate governance. Now, so 
the first letter, of course, tells us, hey, don't be wasteful with your environment. Don't let the tap run for ages when you're not using it. Don't leave the lights on if nobody is in the house. Just switch them off. It's, of course, you're saving money as well. But as well, it means that your power station around the corner doesn't have to burn so much oil or gas or any kind of other kind of energy product to create the energy that you are currently wasting in your home. And the same applies, of course, in your business. Imagine your entire building with lights on and nobody there. What's the point? There's nobody there. N nobody even cleaning the office and the lights are on. The screens are left on. Why? It's costing you money and your footprint anyway, but come on. It's going to be a huge difference if you apply energy-saving things. And the thing is, when you look at the computer industry, more and more energy has been saved by smarter devices. Just example, a computer 20 years ago used to use, maybe with the screen and everything, oh, a good 800 watts or even more. Some old screens in the 1990s and 1980s used to eat up 300 to 800 watts on their own and then add the computer to it, your printer, the keyboard, and all this stuff. It was highly inefficient. And now a notebook might come up with maybe 40 watts. That's a huge difference. But the thing is, even you as a consumer or as a business leader, you can do your own part. And it's beneficial for yourself as well. Now, once you've understood what our key objective is of ESG, protecting our environment, being more careful with the way we use our resources, being more socially humane to each other, and of course, being more, let's say, responsible with the way we govern our businesses. Because just imagine, you switch off the lights, you use less energy, you waste less energy, and you have less expenses. That's, of course, an opportunity to increase your profits as well, because you're, you're wasting less of your company resources. So your company owners, your shareholders will be happier because over the limit and over the range of time, you will eventually have more profits. Then you can, of course, go and scale the whole thing and turn ESG as a competitive advantage to go and use it as a tool to attract new buyers and offer them products at a higher price. So you're generating yourself high tickets products that actually are going to generate for you more revenue, more profits. But the thing is, at the moment, if you act now and you act smartly, you are more or less going to tap on a blue ocean. It's not perfectly blue, definitely not. ESG is not perfectly blue or green or whatever color. But it's definitely not as crowded as, for instance, areas like uh, cybersecurity, data analytics, and other fields, compliance, data privacy, and so on. There's so much there being offered. And even in those fields, not everything is perfect. And why? Because a big conflict between those who provide the consulting 
and those who apply the knowledge or the systems that they have bought in. It is time. People are billing by time, by hours, and so of course if they are more slow, slower and wasteful, they benefit because they can charge more. So there's a huge difference. If somebody even goes and charts, charts let's say, a low hourly rate, then of course they need to make more hours in over to compensate. So they'll work slower. If somebody charges a high price for the hour even, they are of course willing to be faster, more productive and more efficient, and they get the client faster to his desired outcome. Because, of course, they have to provide value, even if they're still charging by hour, but they have a different mindset. And the client will notice, hey, this guy charged me more, but over the end, actually, I got far more. Because the other guys, they would have used five days to do the same job, and these guys did two days. And I'm already making money. And the other guys are not making any money. They're just costing money. They are slow, ineffective, and we're making losses instead of profits. So let's look at how is ESG going to affect marketing. So as you've now understood, it's all about being more uh, responsible in the way we use our resources, environmentally and socially as well, and business-wise. So if you are going to do a marketing campaign, the marketing can be offline and online, or even both. In today's time, having both is usually, especially in big companies, a very big advantage because small companies usually tend to do only online or they only do offline. They lack the resources, the human resources to actually do both. They lack the knowledge, the skills to do both. And because they have as well a certain financial burden, they're not going to spend so much money on online marketing and offline marketing, and as well buying in the expertise that is necessary to get these two different kind of platforms working for them. The true trick about marketing is you have to actually do both. And that's the biggest challenge because Offline and online marketing is different. And today, you cannot do it in the same way as marketing agencies, for instance, used to do it like 30 years ago. At that time, there was no internet. There was maybe teletext and, and other kind of stuff. But today, we have to do it in a very different way. Our audience has changed. And ESG is going to affect massively how we do this. Whether you are an internal marketing department, or whether you are a marketing agency, marketing consultant, or anything of that, and providing services to your business clients. So let's say your client is a corporate company with maybe 50,000, 200,000, even more employees, doesn't matter. But that's now the first example I'm going to take and a bit visualize it for you so you can have a better understanding what it actually means. Because if we just theorize, it's difficult to actually grasp the reality and how we can really do it for our marketing. So let's say you are going to pitch this company your services. They want to do 
they want to open a new market. They want to reach into that market. They want to get new customers. Doesn't matter whether they are consumers or businesses. That we can leave for another example. But so you're pitching. You have an idea. You're going to do this and this, and there you're going to do that and that. Let's say you're offering uh, some kind of campaign for offline and some campaign for online. Okay, offline. It's simple to imagine. Let's say you print uh, brochures, uh, you have postcard campaigns, and so on. So you've got stuff that has to be printed because otherwise it's not really physical. Okay, so the stuff has to be printed, it has to be shipped. Uh, maybe they're mailing them by post to a group of CEOs or to a group of existing customers or consumers and so on who they know these people would buy their product or services that they want to offer now. So new, we're talking about a new product hmm? to keep it similar. So <clears throat> what does it mean? You are producing something. The print, of course, costs paper. It creates chemical waste. Um, it needs energy, of course, because printing creates heat and, and electricity needs it and all different things. So you've got these products. This stuff has to be shipped and transported and so on. So you have to think, okay, what if my client is now a bit ESG sensitive? So they'll think, Ooh, if we do this campaign in the wrong way, it's going to cost us ESG credits. Yeah, because, of course, they say, hey, you're being really nasty, corporate company, by wasting resources environmentally, socially, and corporate ways. And so, of course, the investors will say, <laughs> I'm going to look for a different company to invest in because they are, they are not really very responsible in the way they're doing. I don't like their governance activities. So you, of course, as a marketing person, whether internally or externally, you're pitching this product to the leadership of this corporate. And you, of course, have to start with something. So you can't automatically at the same time say to, well, we're going to do online this and online often and blah, blah, blah. The marketing is just going to go confused. Of course, you say, we're going to stretch it to one section, online marketing, offline marketing. The offline marketing has, of course, a certain impact on ESG. And what's going to happen? The leadership says, oh, he's actually aware of ESG. Good because all the others have no idea what ESG is, and I'm already getting headaches because I'm just having a feeling that this is going to create an endless nightmare, trying to get them all to be compliant with ESG. So you are ahead of time. You are going to tell them, well, we know that if we do this and this, it'll affect this and this. But if we do it in a way that we're going to reduce the ESG, um, impact, then we can even reduce our ESG negative impact to a certain level and make it even more attractive for those who we have sent our marketing message to. As an example, let's say you have these postcards and you're sending out these postcards and you tell on the paper we have this wonderful new product. You can look at it online as well, but if you would like, just go and simply scan in the product or send it back to us. 
stick your your stamp on it and send it simply back to us and pull off this blah 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 part and then you can send it back or if you want you can send it by fax email whatever it doesn't matter you, you can offer them a variety of ways to send it back and you can even go and say but if you want to be environmentally friendly and even esg make esg happy simply go on this link QR code, blah, 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 click on there, boom, send me more information. So you can even there use ESG as your opportunity. So imagine you've, you've pitched this, this section of your marketing campaign, and the guy says, hmm, so they obviously know what's coming ahead of us because we want to have an audience that is willing to buy into our new ESG products. But if we do not do it in an ESG way, they're not going to be convinced that we are really going to have ESG-compliant products because our marketing already sucks in the way we do it, and it's obviously not ESG-compliant. So if the first thing isn't compliant, how is the last thing supposed to be compliant in the whole buying process? And that's the thing. So, as I mentioned, link and all these things. The second part, of course, is your online marketing. And then you can say, well, online marketing is always ESG compliant? No. Unfortunately, no. That's the thing. Many people think, oh, yeah, online marketing, it doesn't... Uh, I don't need to print paper. I don't need to use ink. I don't need to send it by mail. I don't have to have some truck delivering my post and so on and so on. Unfortunately, you are wrong. Online marketing is not ESG compliant. You're shocked? Yes, you should be. Because actually, ESG in online marketing means as well that your resources should be efficient. The way you send the emails, the systems on which you keep your emails, the systems you keep your sales funnels and so on and so on. Just because you think that you've avoided having a server in your own office doesn't make you ESG compliant. And then you go and say, well, I'm, I've got a cloud system running at this and this provider. How do you know that your, ESG, your provider is actually ESG compliant? Just look at the equipment that you've selected, even if you have managed server or anything. Go and look at the hardware specifications and check them out. Most of the systems in traditional data centers are in no way ESG compliant. And that's one of the key issues of online marketing. You will see that the energy waste of servers is high. And the thing is, all this data communication doesn't just go from your computer to the server. It crosses a huge network of switches, routers, uh, hubs, um, all different kinds of systems, all on that chain. Yeah? Just simply do a trace route check, and I'll give you an example how many jumps, how many hops actually are until you actually reach the website, where the visitor will go and enter his details in or say, hey, send me more information on this product or please ask my customer care person to call me and so on. So that's 
may be shocking to you, but your IT is not automatically ESG conform. It doesn't matter if you do any kind of sales funnels, any websites, uh, landing pages, or if you've got a Facebook group or Facebook ads, Google ads, any kind of ads platform, they are not automatically ESG and they're not going to make you and your marketing campaign automatically ESG compliant. Yeah, it might even be the way you're doing it that even your own rating, if you were audited properly, your own ESG rating would go so way down that even a bank in the next five years wouldn't even touch you with a bar pole. So you must be smarter in the way you do business, smarter in the way you do marketing. We cannot change the clock backwards. It just doesn't work. Of course, you can take your clock and <laughs> turn it around, but it's not going to help you in any real way, other than you might miss the bus, the train, or your plane, or the important appointment with the client who wants to buy from you. And the same thing applies even if you are working inside the marketing department of a big corporate. Your leadership is going to expect you to be ESG aware. So I've given you a brief little introduction how ESG actually works and so on. And uh, what does it actually mean? It's not this fake other stuff that what people say ESG is going to do surveillance and check how you personally behave and where you go and other kind of stuff. No, no, no. ESG is a totally different thing. It's about being more responsible with the way we treat our environment, with the way we treat our resources, and how we treat as well the resources of our companies. Which means the overall idea is then to enable the environment, the business and everything, business world and the consumer world to actually use our resources in a circular environment, a circular economy. What does that mean? So let's say you have a product and you put it on the market. After a certain time, let's say it's a vacuum cleaner or a hoover. You have this vacuum cleaner, you use it, and after time it breaks down. Some people will simply go and try and buy a new one and throw the other one into the garbage. Yeah, Some will maybe take them to a recycling place, very nice, and some will try to fix it. You can buy spare parts. Of course, it depends very much whether you're lazy or you are trying to be simply convenient and can't be bothered to fix it yourself. And some people just are not good at fixing things. But it's not, it's not a bad thing. We can't be good at everything. Everyone has certain talents. Now, you're aware that your department or your company needs to be more ESG compliant. So think how your product, once it reaches its end of life, how you can recycle it. And I don't mean by putting it on some wasteland and just dumping it there or, or burning it or crushing it into some kind of metal and then expecting somehow to make some kind of reuse. The thing is, if you do this this way, your resources eventually deplete because, of course, more and more of this product that you keep producing and crushing and producing and crushing eventually gets lost. Yeah, so you cannot create this perpetuum mobile as they would like. So 
A circular economy means a particular circle or a circular environment where at the top we put the product in, at the end it comes out and jumps back to the top as a new product or a new product. So it means as well how you design your products. How can I maybe build a product that is easier to recycle, which means dismantle uh, to a certain degree and then crush it, melt it, or whatever kind of thing. And that's where it actually makes things much more difficult to implement. Now, thinking of that, now, you want to market a product that eventually is ESG-compliant, and you have to market as well in an ESG-compliant way, which means... You can, of course, go and say to the client, hey, our product is ESG compliant. You might not be aware what it is, but it's about being more sensible, more responsible, and environmentally friendly with the way we use resources. And at the end of the life of your product, we are going to take your product back again, recycle it, and produce a new product. We're not going to go and waste our resources of the globe and just... Uh, sell you some garbage. We are going to actually create new value and be more friendly. yeah. And we're going to be as well in a much more sensible way that how we use as well the resources because uh, environmental situations and social situations are not separate from each other. In some countries, they waste the water to produce your products. yeah. And then what do the locals have to suffer? They can't get clean water. <laughs> you say, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just go to the grocery shop and buy a, bottle, uh, a canister of water. Yeah, you could do that. But these people in these countries maybe cannot do that. They cannot even afford it. But you can afford, of course, uh, having the people drinking filthy water just so that you can live in luxury. It doesn't work because one day you're not going to have living in luxury. Just look at the oceans, how polluted they are. And we're trying to clean them? Hmm. Not really, not really. What you see, it's quite moderate. And just look at the pandemic. Before, everybody tried to avoid plastic. And now what do we do? We have everywhere masks, in parks, in gardens, in streets, in the water, in lakes, in rivers, and even in the ocean floating around. Huh? What's the point? We just weren't in no way ESG compliant in the way we used masks to counter the pandemic. And society, they don't care. They just chuck the stuff away. You're not resourcing, not even recycling in a way that's environmentally friendly, safe, hygienic, and so on. But now, coming back to marketing, you have now more or less grasped that your leadership wants to be ESG compliant wants to get a compliant product into the market in a compliant way. Now, you do not need to fill in thousand forms of paper and create thousands of pages of documentation, how ESG, blah, 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 blah. No. You have to create a checklist, create a process system, something that enables people to do things efficiently. But that starts as well with educating people. Many people just don't know what ESG is. They don't know how to apply it in their daily lives. And it's actually so simple. But if you understand it and you apply it in marketing, you'll think, okay, so what can I do? 
I'm doing online marketing. My online marketing is not ESG compliant. What can I do to improve it? Okay, the simplest thing would, of course, be find a host, a provider, cloud provider, or anything, who is using the most efficient hardware. As an example, some of these hosters, cloud providers, and so on, they're developing their own CPU. They're using the ARM technology, and they're developing server chips that use less energy. That's already something which say, okay, that's a plus point. That brings me closer to my ESG objectives. Waste less energy. Of course, you can say, well, but I can't go and switch off the server and switch it on again. No, you can't. But through your choice of provider, you can actively go and say, I want a provider who is ESG compliant, someone who is making an effort to waste less energy running my websites. And that means as well, eventually, that they will make an effort as well to reduce the energy consumption of their network infrastructure, the switches, the routers, and all the gateways and all different kinds of things. And that's what brings us to thinking, okay, so I can server, I can improve as well my own hardware. There are many, many things you can do. It's astonishing. When you look at most companies, usually the network infrastructure is maybe 5, 10, sometimes even 20 years old. Totally outdated. Not even safe, actually. And they're wasting a lot of energy. And new hardware doesn't even cost that much as it used to be. So you can even get switches, even for a small office or a home office, that costs just a fifth of the price that your last purchase was. And they use three, four, six watts. Electronics has become so efficient. You do not need to spend a lot of energy every day in your networks. And even if a small business or a large company, just switching to more efficient systems is a huge cost efficiency. And in many cases, your network is much faster. So you actually really notice the benefits as well working daily in that network, whether you're sending emails, you're surfing something, researching, writing stuff, or like I'm at the moment doing, I'm recording my episode here online. And um, yeah, I've made sure that I buy energy efficient routers to access the internet. I've got here switches, newer switches, which use very little energy. And as well, um, we have moved as well to uh, infrastructure that is much more efficient in the consumption of electricity in all the different areas that can be. So it's actually quite simple. Nevertheless, so you have understood one, one area where you can do an online marketing, improve your ESG footprint is choosing wisely where you host your marketing platforms. The same thing applies if you're using, for instance, a marketing tool. Yeah, some marketing tools, they, they don't care. They simply mass produce because you must think a software, the most production cost of a software is hiring the developers who are building the product. And they're keep constantly trying to keep it updated and, and they have different roles and a good programmer will break a good salary. But the software itself doesn't really cost. And the hosting isn't really so costly. Um, if you want, of course, to have a good performance, high speed and so on, then you'll have to choose a provider that maybe has a higher price tag but delivers better speed. 
And that brings us to the speed. So even speed theoretically can be an ESG advantage because why? Your visitor needs less time to access the stuff that you're offering him or fill out the form or read all your information and so on because the website is so slow compared to competitors who are using outdated systems, slow websites and so on. So even the consumption, electricity consumption of your visitors is lower because they are not wasting time on your website and they're not dropping off as highly as with competitors because yeah, if the website is too slow, I'm going to jump out and move to the next offering. I'm not going to wait. And that's an advantage for you as well because your closing rates or your conversion rates are much higher than with ESG non-compliant systems because they're slow, they waste energy, and so on. So that's one of the key things that you can use ESG in marketing, offline or online. In the next episode, I will be going deeper into that topic and showing you some tricks that you can use to make ESG work for you, but as well in the industries as well that are important. So looking forward to seeing you or talking to you or listening about your ideas, how we can maybe improve this world by being more responsible in the way we use our environmental resources and how we interact socially with each other and business-wise. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed today's edition of The Growth Zone Show with Christian Bartsch. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media, please. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website meetchrisbarch.com. I will be adding the link into the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. On my website, you will also find the links to free templates. If you're looking for the books I have published on marketing, innovative technology, and sustainable business strategies, just simply click on publication to find my book list. The world is constantly changing in response to trends and events. As a business leader, you need to bypass the sandbanks that can hurt your performance. For those of you who are signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a few copies of my ultimate guide on content marketing and an ESG-compliant cheat sheet. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo, and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years and also got me contacts with police, transport authorities, military, and several universities, and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many 
small, medium-sized enterprises and international clients around the world. The link to sign up to our free broadcasting service and the guide is at meetchrisbarch.com. That will give you access to the most recent versions of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me on Twitter by using the Twitter handle capbarch. It's spelled C-A-P-B-A-R-T-S-C-H. Yes, that is C-A-P, Barch, or spelled Charlie, Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel. 